your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Now, Communion Day, Confirmation Day too, but I suppose Communion Day is one of the most memorable days for young children. A day filled with family and friends, but has it gone out of control? Are parents and families ending up having to fork out an insane amount of money? Well, joining me on the line to chat about this are Caroline Long, Chief Executive of the Limerick and District Credit Unions, Geraldine O'Brien from Little Rascals in Abbey Field, and in the studio we have good friend of the show, Maggie Jarden, and you're all very welcome. Good morning to you. Um, Geraldine, was it ever thus in the sense that people would always have, relative to their income, spent a lot of money on things like communions and confirmations? Or has it gone more than a bit over the top in recent times? Um, Good morning, morning. Thanks for having me on the show. You're welcome. Um, I suppose I should make it clear now that I'm kind of retired from doing communion wear and I do all school uniforms, but that has a bearing anyway. But like, uh, honestly, the people that we used to get for the communion dresses they had a certain uh, budget in mind. They were always the people that really watched every penny, but without being in a mean fashion either, Joe. So I think this, if anything ever interferes with First Communion girls' dresses, uh, I think it would be a very sad day because it's the most special day, and it was always my experience. It was the most special day for a girl in her life, even surpassed the, the wedding side of things. So I, I, as far as I'm concerned, and say it like to my own recollections, a lot of schools now actually use the, the school uniforms for communion and for confirmation, but more so for confirmation, it's a very good idea. So you're asking me about the prices. I have been keeping an eye, though, with my suppliers and so on, and it hasn't got any more expensive, and we always have a system in place where people could come in and put a deposit on, uh, on the dress and pay away for it if they'd like to. So my experience was, is it was always a very good experience because we seemed to get a lovely uh, cross-section of people that weren't over-the-top spending and it hasn't gone outrageous in my book, Joe, so that's to answer your question now. Right. Well, figures from Ulster Bank showed that on average an Irish First Communion costs €929. Euro. Is, does, but, does, does that feel expensive? It, it does, but like, as I'm saying to you, I was, we, a lot of people would be saving, I say probably all year for the, in the credit union for their, their big day. And you'd have a lot of grandparents that would actually buy the dress as well. So like, uh, from our experience, people, we never got the feeling this was over the top because we tried to keep things at a very, at a very well priced for people. So I don't agree now, Joe, that it's going to be over the top. That's my own opinion on it. Absolutely. Well, you're entitled to it. That's what it's all about here. It's all about the chat and the discussion. Um, yes. Now, um, Maggie Jarden, uh, morning. You, you, you're you kind of looking at this a little from the outside, aren't you? I mean, what well, do you think? I can look at this from a number of perspectives, Joe, because uh, first of all, I was born and bred and buttered a Catholic in Scotland. Um, and I went to Mass until I was 16 and thought better of it. And my recollection of my communion day was uh, the nice dress which was handed down from my sisters um, and afterwards we went to the school hall for a sausage roll or a penguin biscuit. The Union of Catholic Mothers provided that and that was the the extent of it. Uh, there was no big outlay, uh, the way that there's parties, there's uh, 
they're hiring karaoke machines, hiring out function rooms. I think, and I, and I understand what the, the previous uh, lady Geraldine, said, yeah. Geraldine said about the, the cost of the dress. It's not just the cost of the dress, it's the everything else that's involved in that day that has gone over the top. Um, and I, I'm speaking from some experience as well as being a former community welfare officer. When I was in the HSE in the late 90s and I used to administer exceptional needs payments. I don't know if you knew that about me, Joe. I kept it very quiet. I, yeah, you did keep it quiet. I do um, remember you alluding to it once. All yeah, right. um, I don't tell a lot of people what I do. But at that point, I would have been, you know, handing out the, the cash for people. And it was extraordinary, the people that were coming looking for help to the detriment of other things in their lives. But, you know, that this would... Looking for help for this, for, for communities for, for and confirmations. confirmation. When they couldn't put food on the table, they were coming the following week to get food, money for food or for clothes for their kids. But the big thing was they had to have the big day out in the community. And, and, and what was the mentality, do you feel, around that? I think it was it was keeping up with the Joneses. I think it was showing face that they had to do the best for their child. They had to, to be seen to be doing the best. Um, so it was coming from a place of love. Well, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Uh, I was always a bit cynical about it because I felt that the whole uh, aspect, the religious aspect of it, had gone out the window. and has gone out the window. And it was funny, my sister was only telling me just now, she's... A good bit older than me, Anne, if you're listening. <laughs> I was telling me in the morning of our communion in 1970-something, or 1960-something, uh, there was a debate about whether or not she should brush her teeth because it might break the fast. Really? So that was the that was the focus back <laughs> then. There was no, the, the Lenten fast? Yeah. <laughs> there was no talk of parties yeah. and tanning and karaoke But you don't remember, I mean, I remember, you know... <laughs> Communion confirmation. I mean, let's be honest here, and I'm sure it still happens. I remember us being around the back of the church counting the money we got. You know that that was yeah. That's a very Irish thing, Joe. Is think. it? Yeah, yeah. That never happened in Scotland. No, you, you didn't get paraded round the the, la- the locals and. No. I'm not going to say what I want to say now. <laughs> I keep my mouth shut. No, I'll be fair. I'll be fair. I'll be fair. But actually, Anne Marie, you you have a really interesting um, story, Anne Marie, about your. I think your own situation was there somebody else that you knew or no um, I obviously my two daughters have made their communion at this stage my first daughter I remember buying the shoes at the time in Debenhams actually here in Limerick when they were here and they were fab the little Demonte and they were expensive enough but splashed out on them for you know the first child first communion all of that Um, and that was fine and you know they were worn the once and that was it so they were packed up uh, into the attic with lots of other things that I do keep that are fairly good um, as a possible hand-me-down for the second girl, not thinking I'd use them, to be honest. And when it came to the second girl's communion, um, I had actually ordered her shoes online. They had arrived. Um, they, she was wearing white for the day as opposed to ivory. The shoes had arrived and a week before she was due to make her communion, I got the whole outfit on her to make sure everything was right and suddenly discovered the white shoes that had arrived online were actually ivory, even though they were marked white on the bag. And I was checking frantically and we were looking at her going, they don't look white, whatever. So we had a week to go. And you know me, Joe, I absolutely hate to be in a situation like that. I'm always prepared to have everything ready. And sent husband shopping, went shopping, got stressed and thought shoes were sold out. It was a week before the communion, couldn't get her size. And eventually thought, hang on, the daughter, uh, first daughter made her communion. Let's check the attic. There they were perfectly wrapped up in the attic. A few little scuff marks. So I was Googling, how do you get rid of, you know, white satin uh, marks on white satin shoes? And eventually came to the conclusion 
little toothbrush with a little bit of bleach and if you do it on them and let them dry I swear they were perfect, Joe. They were absolutely perfect and she wore them on the day. Now, in my head, I thought, why didn't I think of this in the first place? I would have no problem doing that. I just never had thought about it. Sustainability, uh, you know, making things work twice. Shoes looked perfect. Mm. Financial point of view saved money. I was kind of kicking myself that I hadn't thought about it in the first place. Returned the other shoes, got my refund. But the reaction was interesting because a few people knew what had happened and said, so what did you do? How did you manage? And I said, oh, her sister's shoes. Her sister's? (laughs) And I said, yeah. Have you a problem with that? (laughs) And you know me now, Joe. (laughs) Oh, I do. I do indeed. I I, I wasn't one of the people who said that. No, you weren't. You weren't. Um, A few people and others I know, they shut their mouths and didn't say anything, but I knew they they didn't agree. You know what they were thinking. They didn't agree with it. And then there were others, I will say, that thought, gee, that was a great idea, you know, but it was a 50-50 reaction. That's fascinating. Mm. I mean, Geraldine O'Brien, what do you make of that one now? Jesus, Joe, (laughs) Uh, I'm just listening there and I'm kind of flabbergasted. But at the same time, I suppose it's something that people uh, don't want to touch on. Uh, but I have heard uh, down over the years where you had a, like a certain amount of children were taken to, to the church in either a carriage or a, a stretch limousine and they would have to have their fake hand done and the video person uh, comes to the house beforehand and all of that. Now, I would be of the opinion, though, Joe, <clears throat> that if you keep uh, stick to the basic uh, idea, have a little family party at home on the day which will make it more memorable for everybody, um, I just feel that, I think the other girls said there, that it's all the extras that cost all the money, to be honest with you now. It, it, it would be wrong to say, um, and I have a few friends that sell community dresses and they haven't really changed the price at all in the last number of five or ten years, really. So um, yeah. it's my experience, though, that uh, if you get all these extra bits added on about the castle, the limousine, this carriage for the child to, to the church and the fake tan and the video and everything, it, it really takes the good out of everything. It mm. takes the innocence away from the child completely. Right, right. Um, yeah. As I mentioned, Caroline Long is with us on the line as well. She's Chief Executive of Limerick and District Credit Unions. Morning to you, Caroline. Good morning, Joe. <coughs> so is this... A big part, uh, communions and confirmations of what people come to you for, the the loans they might be looking for? Absolutely. To be honest, the credit union will always promote thrift. We do see people coming to us for thousands for a communion or a confirmation. And we would always say to them, you're looking for that money for one day. Now, we all love our children and our grandchildren, and it should be about the child, not about a big party, not about as you say, um, carriages. I'll just tell you a short story there. My mother was at the shopping centre years ago when the first built the big hills was coming towards the present shopping centre and she was at the bus stop and suddenly this carriage came over and they couldn't see the child because of all the frills around it. Two white horses with plumage. And my mother turned to the other lady and said, I'm not sure have we died and that's the carriage coming for us. So what sort of level of loan would people be going for for a communion or confirmation in your experience? Well, when people come to us, if they're looking for a big loan for something like that, be it a Debs, communion, confirmation, um, for a large loan, for a one-day event, our staff would always say to them, are you sure you want to spend that amount of money on the day? 
if it's a one day, it's only for one day, what happens if your car breaks down in 12 months' time and you have a five-year loan out for that communion? A five-year loan? I mean, what are we talking about? Seven, eight, nine grand or am I overstating it? They could go, well, you see, if you're on a low income, Joe, a loan of five or seven thousand is a big loan. Oh, no, I know. I just, that, that, no, that's what yeah. I mean. Exactly. Yeah. So but so you, you would see that, that kind of loan, would you? We we would see people coming oh. for that, but we would always recommend against it. We would always say to the person, of course. You're absolutely sure, you know, is this a good idea? And to be honest with you, um, you know, a lot of people are sensible to come in for a small loan for a thousand to, co- to try and cover everything because, you know, it is an expensive day for people and they will come in for a loan, but we would always promote thrift. Mm. And, and by the way, did you it. see any pent-up demand, you know, uh, or was there any shift in what people were looking for pre-pandemic and coming out of the pandemic around yes. this or has it just bounced back to where it was? No, it has not. I think that people are far more careful now and they're not spending... Um, uh, the levels that I, you know, the loans that we saw coming in, say, five years ago, you know, we would sometimes be, you know, we'd be flabbergasted at sometimes what somebody would spend. And maybe somebody on a low income might feel that, you know, they're trying to do the best they can for their child and they think they need to keep up. You know, you could you could really do a lot for your child without spending a huge amount of money. There right. is no need to spend a huge amount of money on it. But certainly we find people are not spending the same amount of money now as they were. Yeah. Um, Lister says, Joe, I can't tell you my role, but I'm dealing with communion families every year. It's often the ones who can afford all the expensive things that don't buy all the expensive things for communions. And the ones who don't have the money put the pressure on themselves to spend a fortune and have the best of everything and all the lavish extras. The reality is you can go online and get everything second-hand and in perfect condition if you plan in advance. I'm astonished at the nonsense that goes on around this every single year, says that listener. Yeah. And, and Maggie Jarton, I think you'd be, you're nodding away uh, there uh, in, agree- in agreement. I, I think uh, to exhibit the greatest prudence in these matters, I became an atheist and I didn't baptise or confirm any of my children. <laughs> so Hopefully not entirely for example. financial reasons now, Maggie. <laughs> I absolutely was. <laughs> You can imagine your kids going, and and why don't we believe in God? Well, it's got to do with money. Yeah, well, you know, funnily enough, my well, sorry, my eldest, sorry, Andrew, um, my eldest was a bit peeved that he wasn't going to get to go into the envelope. You see, there you go, and and, you know, I mean, there is that social pressure, particularly mm, in Catholic families, and especially in Ireland. Yeah, but luckily, I sent my kids to the Limerick School Project, which, as you know, is multi-denominational. Yes, so there was no peer pressure from the school but certainly from kids around the estate and yeah. watching other kids make the communion. There was certainly a, a, a bit of jealousy going on there. Well, I mean, I'm seeing now my young fellow in primary school, and, you know, to be fair to schools now, and, and not just the non-denomination <coughs> ones, but I think everyone is attempting to um, give the children a sense of the variety of cultures we have yes. in Ireland and in Limerick and you know different religions or people who mm. don't have any religious belief yeah. or affiliation so there, there does seem to be more of an effort being made on that front in to, to live in, in the Ireland of 2023 exactly yeah, yeah which is important as well alright well listen thank you Maggie Jardin great to see you in the studio thank you um, uh, are you who, who, who will you be supporting on Saturday now in the Ireland Scotland match i take a wild guess Joe <laughs> But there's a St Andrew's cross flying out my window. There is speak. not. Of course there is. What? <laughs> Joe, I'll tell you quickly, I was going through the airport last week. I went to Scotland last week and 
I went through the airport and I was watching the, the Scotland match um, and I, I had to be physically restrained at one point <laughs> and told to be quiet. <laughs> so there was a patcher loud watching the match. And it'll be more of the same this week. Well, but I, um, we I, have the edge. I yeah, no I, I have, I, you know, I, I've the collie wobbles about this particular uh, game now. I, right I'll, be, so. I'll be honest. I, funnily enough, I think the Ireland-England game, the following week, you know, St. Patrick's weekend, mm. packed Aviva Stadium, I'd be less worried about that than I would be about <laughs> Scotland and Murrayfield. Well, but yeah. anyway, we'll see. We'll be talking about that on sport tomorrow. Listen, Maggie Jarden, thank you so much for coming thank in. You. Appreciate that. Thank you to Geraldine O'Brien from Little Rascals and Abbey Field and Caroline Long, Chief Executive of Limerick and District Credit Union. Your views, your news, your Limerick today with Joe Nash on Live 95.